become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Macabre Misfortunes. Ooh, dose. So as promised, this episode is a tad bit longer than last week's, and it also has uh, a little bit of paranormal aspect to it. Okay. We're going to talk about the Cook County Jail. It's actually technically the old Cook County Jail. Okay, where's this at? It's at the corner of Illinois and Dearborn Streets in Chicago, and it is now a firehouse. Oh. The engine company, number 42 firehouse to be exact. So the firehouse has been there since 1968. Mm-hmm. And they're actually soon going to be replaced with a brand new firehouse that's a 30-story office tower and a new firehouse all connected together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. But I'm not going to tell you guys about a firehouse, because you see, before the area held the firehouse, it was the site of the Cook County Jail of Chicago. And that's what we're going to discuss today. So the Cook County Jail is actually now located in the Little Village community. And the building that used to be the Cook County Criminal Courthouse stands just to the south of the firehouse. It's now an office building. Right around the middle of the firehouse that sits there today is where the gallows once stood. Ooh. Ninety men were hung at those gallows. No women actually ever made it there. Good. Hangings were legal in Illinois until 1928. Wow. Among those who were hanged at the gallows were four defendants from the Haymarket Affair. And we're going to talk about the Haymarket Affair a little bit. At least I'm going to give you the nutshell version. Because this was actually a huge event. That not only here, but it was protests that took place all over the country. But I'll give you the, like I said, the uh, the nuts and bolts of it. It was a labor protest that was primarily have to do with an eight-hour workday. And some immigration concerns. So back then, people were just... Working people as long as they wanted to work them. Right. And this was, you know, people talk about having an eight-hour workday. A lot of this came from stuff that happened back during this time. So May 1st, 1886, 80,000 people marched for this purpose. And that, this was only in Chicago. This, these events took place all over the country, I guess, on that particular day. Nice. It actually carried on until the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th. Of March. On the 3rd, two demonstrators were shot by police. That's now, not good. This thing started out peacefully, but it turned into a riot. And at one point, there was a bomb that was thrown at the police <gasps> from demonstrators. Eight police died. Oh my gosh. 60 injured. Now, all five men who spoke that day at the rally 
they were convicted and sentenced to hang, even though it was not proven that any of those five had anything to do with the bombing. Well, how can they do that? Huh? I mean, this was a different time. This is the 1880s. I mean, that's why things have changed so much over the years. There were eight people that were convicted altogether, but it was the five men who all spoke at that rally Mm -hmm. were all convicted. I said there was lots of criticism about this all over the country because obviously this was headline news. Four of the men eventually did hang. The fifth, a gentleman by the name of Louis Ling, the night before he was scheduled to be executed, he bit down on a dynamite cap and blew his head off. What in the heck? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So when I say these shows are going to be about tragedy and stuff, that this is, is all the, this is all the stuff that took place on this property. I mean, but just, I mean, honestly, think about it. You know that this isn't your fault, and you're but you're going to be killed anyway, right? Well, so he did, did just take it in his own well, hands. Nobody, nobody said that it wasn't their fault. It well, was just I never mean, proven proved that they it. had well, anything to do with That's the what I meant. So he just figured, I'm just going to take care of myself. You're not going to have the pleasure. I guess so. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Oh, my gosh. Couldn't you have thought of something else? There was another man who was hung at the gallows. He was a serial killer by the name of Johann Otto Hock. He was known as the Bluebeard Murderer. He liked to marry women and instill their money and then either leave them or just kill them. Yeah, well, he needed to go. He, of course, had an assortment of aliases. He was originally from Germany, and he moved to Chicago in 1895. His choice of killing his wives was poisoning them with arsenic, which was pretty popular back in that time. Was That was a lot of people were killed by arsenic because it was harder to detect. I mean, if I had a choice, I guess I'd probably rather do arsenic than have your head blowed off or something. I would think so. By the time the police actually caught up with him... Don't get no ideals either. Ideas. Whatever. He had married and dispatched of at least 55 women. Man, he's a whore. <laughs> he was convicted of murder in 1905 and hanged in 1906. Now, as odd as this is going to sound, many of the men who met their death at the gallows would sing before their execution. The men that were getting ready to be Hang. hung, they sung? Yeah, they would like just be singing. Be right? like, Highway to Hell? Probably not, but that's probably what they, if they had that been out in the, you know, 1900s, maybe so. Did, well, I don't wonder why they did that. Are you getting ready to tell me? Maybe hang down your head, Tom Dooley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's not right. funny. I really don't know why, but one of the most famous was a man by the name of Carl Wanderer. Well, I'm a wonder. This guy you was know a case. I was gonna say it. This guy was a case. Uh oh. His case was known as the case of the ragged stranger. Now get this guy. Wanderer had been a lieutenant in the U.S. Army and World War One. He also was a successful butcher in town. In 1919, he married a 20-year-old woman named Ruth Johnson. Now, he was a lot older than her. They moved into an apartment with her parents. 
Wanderer had already lost that loving feeling, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. he started dating around a little bit, and he found a 16-year-old girl by the name of Julia Schmidt. What is his problem? That he was dating. That's when Ruth, his wife, found out that she was pregnant. Aww. Wanderer had a plan, though, and it was not to be a father. One day in 1920, he walked up to a homeless man in the old Madison Street Skid Row area. So he tells the man that his wife had lost faith in his manhood, we'll say. And she didn't think he was as much of a man as he used to be back when he was a soldier and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. she was questioning how much of a man he really was. So he wanted to prove her wrong. So he tells this man, this homeless man, here's the plan. I'll give you $10.00. It's a lot of money in 1920. I'll give you $10 if tonight when we go to the movies, as we're coming back out of the theater, you jump out and you threaten me, you're going to rob us. And then I'm going to fight back and I'm going to look like that I'm a man to my wife. Mm. So the guy was like, Okay, it's 10 bucks, which was probably closer to $100 today mm-hmm. for somebody homeless. Yeah. So he was good with it. He gives him the $10 up front. And he even gives him a gun. Here's your gun. It's to make it look better. Okay? Damn, he's awful trusting. Yes. As you could probably guess, that really wasn't the plan. That's what the homeless guy thought the plan was. Oh, I thought that was a plan too. What's up? Well, Wander and his wife, they left Pershing Theater on Lincoln Square. The man jumps out from behind a bush and he he pretends to ambush. He said, "Woogie boogie boo boogie." And as he's waiting for a wanderer to throw a punch that he was willing to take, that's when Wanderer instead pulled out his own gun. He shot the homeless man, and then shot his wife. (gasps) Killed them both. This happened in front of the building where the couple actually lived. What? So Wanderer, when the cops get there, he claims that the man killed his wife and then he shot the man in in self-defense. Did they believe him? Well, at first... It it kind of seemed like, okay, um, this seems like it could be okay. And and the guy was actually looked at as a hero by the public. I mean, he <sighs> shot this guy that killed his wife and, you know, all this stuff. What a dick. Police were a little bit skeptical, though. First of all, why did a vagrant have such a nice gun and have no money? How did he get such a nice gun? This was a really good gun, apparently. Yeah, well, that's good for them cops thinking that. So then they look at the gun and the serial number. It seems that the serial number on the gun that the vagrant had was only a couple of numbers off. From what he had. From the one he had. So they did a search. And it turns out that that gun was registered to Wanderer's cousin. So they go to him about this and they're like, how did he get this gun? How did he get your cousin's gun? Don't that seem kind of a coincidence? 
And Wanderer said, oh, I actually had two guns on me. And during the squirmish, the homeless guy took one of my guns. Long story short, uh, they were like, why did you have two guns on you? That's, none of this makes sense. It's not sense. the Wild West, you know. No. So they determined that he was lying and he was sentenced to death. Good. But when he walked up to the gallows, he was singing. So you would think, you know, people wouldn't normally sing, but I guess maybe that was their way of taking their mind off of what was going on or whatever the situation was. I want to know what he's singing. I don't know. Man, what a douchebag. So obviously, with all this tragedy that's taken place there, all the hangings, 90 Mm -hmm. hangings, guy blew his head off and all this stuff, that... There actually would be maybe some paranormal activity going on. And you would be correct. But where are the hauntings at? They're at the firehouse because that's what's there now. Oh, man. But they didn't bargain for that. There have been plenty of stories. Firefighters for years have reported a moaning or wailing ghost. And we talked about Louis Ling, Louis Ling, who basically blew his head off with a dynamite cap. Oh my gosh. The story, the story is that he didn't die instantly, believe it or not. Get out of here. In He's fact, like a chicken. <laughs> He's been, in fact, he was left se- severely disfigured and he lived another six hours before oh, he died. Oh, how horrible. Many think that it's him that you hear. Moaning. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my gosh, that poor man. And we talked about the serial killer who married the 55 women. His ghost is reportedly seen at the jail and has been seen since the very next day after his execution. Dang. He don't give up, does he? And of course, the last gentleman we're going to talk about that killed his wife in the vagrant... He and others have been heard singing in the firehouse. So people that, there were several apparently that sang on their way to the gallow. And now the firemen actually hear random singing, Mm. even though they can't find anybody who is actually doing the singing. Wow. That's crazy. All right. That's the story for this week. That's very interesting. As usual, we're going to end on a disturbing fact. But. Tracy. What? We've bought several dog toys for Ninja. We have. What do most dog toys have in them? Uh, squeaky things. Right. Do you know why that's the case? No. Well, dogs like the squeaking sound because they're predators in the long run. I mean, they, they're all, they're built in. They have hunting in them. All dogs. The squeak toy actually sounds like prey that is frightened or injured. That's why dogs like squeak toys. I'll be dang. So when they go after the little bone and oh, it's squeaking, makes a little and squeaking sense. Yeah. it's almost as if they have an animal, a live animal, that's making noises as it's been killed Aww. or it's injured. That's why dogs like squeak toys. I'll be dang. I would never in a million years guess that. So. Ninja. 
<laughs> I didn't know this about you, son. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, next week's episode is going to have a little bit of paranormal with it as well. But primarily, it's just a, I think, a fascinating story that involves Rice University in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman who put forth the money mm -hmm. and a plot to kill him. Oh, dang. It's a, it's a stupid criminal story in the long run. Yeah. You guys are going to enjoy it. So thank you guys. I hope you enjoy these episodes and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye guys.